Welcome to the Monday Morning Tears Cast, the first, best, and only podcast pertaining to the goings-on of the Monday Morning Tears Fantasy Football League. Once again, I am your host, Daniel Kite. No no team name yet. Looking forward to figuring out which player I draft and how I'm going to work some sort of I-think-you-should-leave reference into the title, so I'm very excited to figure that out. Uh, and we're, we're at an exciting weekend right now. We're two days away our fantasy draft here uh just making sure that everyone is following that two days away now next next tomorrow tuesday evening you know i'm sure everyone's feverishly preparing here mikey is trying to listen to every episode of the fantasy footballers to know what he's doing danny is scouring the dark web for deep projections on fantasy players and i am just rocking out with my mocks out hanging out with all my ai buddies in the sleeper app uh, but today, we're going to continue a bit of a tradition from last year, where just before the draft, we had new member of the league last year, Jonathan Carvalho, come on and, you know, talk some trash and talk about his love of electric dudes. I like electric dudes. Uh, and this year, we're going to keep that going with the newest member of our league here. Uh, today on the show, we're going to be chatting with our newest member of the league. We've got Steve Macedo on the line. Steve, how you doing? I'm good, good. And yourself? Oh, you know, just been a, a bit of a sluggish morning, but you know, we're getting to it. We're getting in the swing of things. Is is that, did I say your last name right there? Is it Macedo? Yeah. yeah. Okay, perfect. Yeah. And, and and is Steve your preferred nomenclature? Yep. Beauty. Uh, now, first thing I need to ask you, I don't know if you're aware of this, but we have a history in this league uh, of conspiracies where certain people we believe are actually just doubles of the same person. I'm, I only just last year became convinced that Chris was not another Andre in the league, uh, only because I finally talked to him in person. So I need to ask you, Steve, are you actually just Danny? No, no, not. That kind of sounds like what Danny would say, though. Are you <laughs> sure? Yes, very much so. Okay, fair enough. So, Steve, why don't you tell us a bit about yourself? I don't know if you know anyone else in the league other than Danny. So, but, like, yeah, just give us your, your fantasy story. Introduce yourself to us. Uh, my name is Steve Macedo. I know Danny and Jonathan in the league. Uh, I've been doing fantasy football for this will be my fourth year. And uh, enjoy it. Love it. Can't wait. Nice. Are you, now, like, how would you rate yourself, like, success-wise? Like, have you had, like, any wins? Have you, like, gotten into, like, finals and stuff? We, we um, like to gauge our competition here. Uh, I've been... So I've been doing this. This would be my fourth year. I've been in three different leagues. I've made the playoffs in every league. Ooh. Last year, I made the finals, and I lost to Danny in the finals because he had Kamara, and that's when Kamara went off for six TDs. Right, yes. So... Finally, I'm continuing that trend of making the playoffs and trying That's to win. It's, it's, bad, it's bad enough to lose in a final, uh, something I know intimately well. Uh, but having to lose to Danny too is always a real kick in the nuts. Just like because he's he's just always such a dick about things. Um, so I yeah, that's that's got to be rough. But it's good it's good to hear that you've had you know decent amount of success in your leagues here. We were always looking for competitive dudes here, and I I. I I will say, I think this is one of the more, if not the most competitive league that I, I am a part of. I, I usually am part of like two or three leagues every year, and I would say this one is pretty pretty competitive. So hopefully you're you're ready for all that. That's what I'm hoping. That's what I'm hoping. Now, in in 
what, what kind of fantasy player are you? Are you a guy that likes to kind of wheel and deal with trades? Do you kind of lie low and stick with your drafted guys? Are you are you working the waiver wire every week? Like, give us give it, what, what's what's like your kind of preferred uh, approach to fantasy? I'm very active. I will make a trade if I feel like it's balancing out my team and balancing out the other person's team, and I'll be very active, very active. I very, very rarely will I lay low. That's good to hear. I feel like we we had a pretty decent year last year with trades, I think. I don't remember there being too, too many, but I, I'm always f- a big fan of the, the wheeling and dealing and, and trying to find new angles. Uh, so I'm, I'm glad to hear that. I remember, I think two years ago, I think I revolutionized our trading market by by really aggressively using fab, uh, but not really doing it as much last year. And that, that helped me get to the final uh, before. So yeah, this, this is a league where we're all very active, but you know, if you can find that one angle, if you can kind of be like the Billy Bean and moneyball the shit out of something here, you can, you can find some yep. good strategies here. So, uh, Coming into, we're two days away. The preseason is over. Where rosters are looking pretty locked up because all the all the cuts have kind of happened now. Uh, is there any story or any story like any narrative from the preseason that you think is going to be really fantasy relevant? Anything that kind of stood out to you as you kind of followed along with NFL I think, news? Uh, running backs getting injured. The Cam Akers, Travis Etienne, the uh, J.K. Dobbins. Yeah, really affected a lot. What 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 do you see happening maybe in Baltimore now? Like with Dobbins going down, who do you think that might impact in that Baltimore offense? Like, do you think they're going to end up passing more? Do you think it's just going to be the Gus Bus show? Like, what what do you what do you predict might happen out there? I'm I'm hoping it's the Gus Bus show. (laughs) I'm really hoping. I feel like we need. I feel like we need to always have in the NFL at least one bus. Dude, like you need a guy with the nickname. Like we had Jerome Bettis for the yes. longest time, but I feel like we were lacking a bus for like a good four or five years there. So I'm glad the Gus bus is 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 all aboard. Nice. I agree. So I, I agree. I, I'm gonna be curious this too to see if that ends up making Lamar throw a little bit more and how much that might impact the offense out there. Uh, because you know Lamar Jackson obviously is basically like a uh, uh, RB2 just on his own and who then also just kind of throws uh, a lot but it'll be interesting to see if maybe they have to dial back their, their running plays and have to get them throwing a little bit more it might be a little spicy for some Marquise Brown action a little bit of uh, Mark Andrews action there do you think that could happen or do you see it just kind of sticking them perhaps just sticking with their game plan there I think Baltimore just runs the ball and they just keep running the ball I don't think it'll change much <laughs> it seems to work for them honestly. exactly and then bro, why like, fix it? Exactly. And that division too, I feel like their their past defenses in that division are really strong like but in uh compared to their run defenses. Like I know Pittsburgh's past defense was really strong last year. Baltimore obviously has their own and I think Cleveland has a pretty decent secondary too. Uh so yeah, it might just be bus bus all day. I'll be curious to see who maybe handles like the the pass catching in that offense for the running backs because Gus has never really shown I think too much to be a pass catcher and you know in in our half PPR leagues and just in general you know running backs that can catch the ball have a lot of value and I don't know if Gus will do that so I'm curious to see if you know Justice Hill maybe shows up or there's some rookie I think his name's like Tyron Williams or something like that. Uh, Tyson Tyson Williams. Tyson Williams. There you go. Thank you for the fact check. Appreciate it. (laughs) But I I hope I'm right. 
Yeah, exactly. There you go. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll be curious to see if that they become maybe like a spicy kind of like end of round grab or kind of a waiver wire grab and see kind of how they're used in that first week. Uh, but I'll be curious to see where that goes in that offense. Uh, one thing that's really interesting to me this uh, preseason is kind of all the rookie QBs looking pretty good in their showings. Like Trevor Lawrence, you know, people say that he's the most polished prospect since Andrew Luck. And for the most part, especially in that last game, he looked it. Trey Lance looks like he could be a real problem in the NFL because he's just got legs and he can throw bombs. Uh, Justin Fields showed up really well, although he's got the Red Rocket to compete with, and you you never want to bet against the Red Rocket. Uh, <laughs> and even Mac Jones, Mac Jones looked pretty decent. He, I mean, he stole the starting position from Cam Newton. I mean, that that says something out there. And uh, don't forget Zach Wilson. Right, I always forget about that toddler Zach Wilson. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, he even looked good out there. Like he, uh, all the news and all like the fantasy talk I hear is everyone just talking up that Zach Wilson Corey Davis connection. Because, which is funny, because I feel like Corey Davis has always just felt like a bust for like the the first three years of his NFL career. And last year he had a pretty decent season, and now he's looking like he's going to be you know WR one out there in New York and. Uh, just might actually be very fantasy relevant. Do you have any interest in like taking a flyer on some of those rookie quarterbacks in a draft if the the value is right, or are you more like trying to go with the the uh, the known commodities and like the veteran QBs in this league? How it's a one quarterback league? I would think I would go for more of a known commodity. To be honest, yeah, that's fair. Do you play another two QB leagues? Yes, 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 I do. And in those, then I would think you would take a flyer like in a later round if you can snag one of those rookies because down the road, maybe in the second half of the season, they can blow up. So Now, now which of those do you like better? Because I've, I've been trying to push the 2QB change in our league for the past two, three years now to, to not much avail. Are, are, you a bit, are you a fan of the 2QB leagues or do you prefer yeah. the single QB? So, I like, I like so the 2QB Lay the argument out because I think the people need to hear it. I like the two QB leagues because the way I see it, like in this rookie draft, five quarterbacks went in the first round. It's the most important position in all of football. So why not make it in fantasy football? Exactly, because it ends up becoming a bit of an afterthought when you only need to have the one, right? Like you, you can either kind of pay up for those really high value guys like Mahomes and Josh Allen and at the at the sacrifice of you know other position players. But you can also fairly confidently uh, just kind of stream quarterbacks most of the time and still be successful. Like, I, I think last year I scored the most points in the league by, like, you know, 200 points by the end of the year. And for half the year, my quarterback was Carson Wentz. Like, that, that to me shows that QB is not as relevant in our league as it probably should be. So I've, I've really been hit, banging the hammer on this. And now that you're in the league, Steve, maybe we'll, we'll have another ally in that, uh, maybe for next year. But, uh, yeah, but I'm, I'm glad that we at least have another, another member of that uh, team there. Uh, one just final thing, a bit of news there. I'm a little bit curious to see what Dallas looks like on Thursday. Uh, just because Dak hasn't gotten in, any preseason work in. Uh, news just came out this morning that Zach Martin, their you know their Pro Bowl guard, is going to miss the game because he's on the COVID protocol list. Uh, what what are your predictions for Dallas this year? Do you think they're going to come through big? Do you think they're going to struggle kind of with Dak maybe not getting back into action super well? What what are your thoughts on that? 
I feel like if everybody can stay healthy, they have a really good chance to do damage. Just because they're such like a a high volume offense, they just are always just like pass, 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 run, 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 like just lots of plays and their defense still kind of sucks, which is always good for those offensive numbers too. Exactly. So yeah, I'm I, I'm a big fan of a lot of Dallas players. Like I, I do try to hunt out, you know, your Elliots, your Coopers, your CD Lambs. If I if the value's even right, I might take Dak in the league to the but Dak does make me nervous. The fact that he still hasn't gotten any game action in yet and I mean granted, you know, a lot of teams kind of don't put their starting QBs in for preseason now, which, you know, is smart probably to avoid injuries there. But it does make me a little bit nervous. Yeah. Well, Look, risk comes reward, right? Yeah, this is true. This is true. He who dares wins. Uh, let's talk about the draft. So we got the draft coming up in a couple of days. Uh, when you are doing your ideal draft, like when if if let's say everything kind of works out perfectly and and as you hope it will in our draft this year, like who are what do you what do you hope your team looks like by the end of the draft? What's like your ideal kind of roster construction in a league like this? Um, I would like. Are you are you gonna remind me where where are you picking this year? I'm picking five. Okay, so you know, I I assume. I, well, I don't want to assume. Maybe are you are you thinking snag snagging kind of one of those top six, top seven running backs? Or are you are you yes, thinking maybe yes, going a bit yes. off the board? No, no, I'm snagging one of those. I think. So is is that kind of your your move early on to try and think you know let's let's get that bell cow running back and then kind of go from there or are you, are you pretty much sta- you... I, I, in yeah. ideal world in the first four rounds I would like to go two RBs two wide receivers right just to kind of maintain that balance and that and flexibility any any how how do you, are you any thoughts about like those top tight ends there like Kelsey definitely won't fall to you in the second round exactly. I but uh, do you have any kind of inkling of wanting to take like a Kittle or a Waller in the I, second or I third round? I prefer Waller more than Kittle because of health. Yeah. Kittle scares me and Kittle kind of worries me with, you don't know what's going on with the quarterback situation, whether it's going to be Garoppolo or Lance. He has good con- chemistry with Garoppolo, but who knows? That could change with Trey Lance, right? Yeah, and- that's, tr- that's definitely true. So, and Waller, you know where you're getting with Waller because he's had Derek Carr for the last couple of years there. So, but to right. me, it's Kelsey and then it's everybody else. Kelsey has the best quarterback in the league throwing to him. And then yeah, but- all the other tight ends. I, I have Waller higher than everybody else. And then everybody else just, I feel like is very similar. Personally. See, I feel like I, I hear what you're saying. I kind of. I feel like the the Kittle backlash has almost gone a little bit too strong the other way. So I feel like we we kind of forget that like he really do, did like with the exception of last year, he really did challenge Kelsey like pretty consistently to be like this this outlier kind of league changing, league winning tight end and, and the skill that he has out there. Like he he had those injuries last year and I I can't remember off the top of my head how many other seasons or he's dealt with injuries. But I, I don't remember it being too bad aside from last year. But uh like I think he's got a really, really high ceiling to potentially even match a Kelsey. So I I feel like I I kind of like that that's the narrative around him right now because I think it's depressing his value a bit and potentially might make him available kind of in the mid third round where you know you and I would be picking and 
if he's available in that mid third round, I'm I'm gonna think very hard about grabbing him because I do really love that advantage of having the top tight ends or like one of those top three tight ends uh, over the rest of the field, just because it seems like it's such a it's just such a marked point advantage as the year goes on. I agree. I agree with you in certain parts of that, but it's like with Kittle, there's more risk than with Waller and Kelsey. So I suppose, yeah, I'd I mean, rather stay away from it myself. Yeah, that's fair. I hear that. Because, again, yeah, Waller is obviously the number one target there no matter what. Like, you know, Henry Ruggs and Brian Edwards aren't going to really dig into to Waller's target share. Whereas, you know, San Fran's got those emerging wideouts in Debo and Ayuk. Who is apparently still dealing with ankle stuff, which is a little bit worrying. Because I, I love Ayuk and I love the talent, but he's not looking super healthy. So I'm, I'm a little bit worried about that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Is there and so when you're let's let's talk maybe more about late round stuff. Are you when you're when you're in those kind of later rounds, like round ten and onwards, who are like what are the types of players you're trying to target in that range? Are you are you kind of looking for guys that you can maybe plug and play situationally? Are you looking for high upsides, kind of backup guys? What's what's your kind of approach to those late rounds? Um I like to go high upside, but like I don't mind maybe handcuffing one of my top two RBs just in case of injury. Sure. I, I got that covered and like that. I don't have to waste. I don't have to blow my fab on them. Right. So now, I, I heard this in a, a podcast earlier this week and I found it interesting. Uh, they, someone was asking the question, like, would you rather have a high upside running back that is the backup of someone on your team or rather have the high upside backup of a running back that's not on your fantasy team. And I, I found that to be an interesting question because you, you mentioned like wanting to have uh, the backup of the guy you already have. Um, but there, I, I think like there's a compelling argument for, you know, getting that other team back up because let's say that other our running back goes down, you know, you now have two potential RB1s that could, you know, you could trot out rather than just having the insurance policy. So I don't know. What what are your thoughts on that? I found that to be like a really interesting discussion when I heard it uh, earlier this week. Everybody has their own preference, right? But I'm going to take care of my house before I take care of somebody else's house. So I'm going to look out for my guys. <laughs> so you're looking for that high upside, but still want that insurance policy yeah. more than kind of betting, making that too, too risky bet. I hear that. I hear that. I'd rather play it safe. Is there any player in this draft that you're like 100% out on? Like anyone who... Like, you know, even the, whatever the value is, like, you know, you just Michael want Thomas. to stay away completely. Like, who's who's going to be one of those players or a couple of those players? Michael Thomas is one of them. Yeah, you're, even even though we have the IR spot? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I don't think Why he wants that? nothing to do with... I don't think he wants nothing to do with New Orleans, to be honest with you. Do you just think he's, like, going to be, like, a holdout season? Kind of like he, a, an Antonio he, Brown I, kind of deal? Yes, 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 yes. I agree. I believe that's what's going to happen. The parallels to Antonio Brown do feel kind of strong there, honestly. Like, you know, being like one of the top wide receivers in the league and then just having this weird divorce from the team where there's lots of like miscommunication and all this kind of other off field stuff going on. It does. It is really nervy. Uh, but like, let, even if Michael Thomas is like in like the 10th round, you, you're, you're not going to throw a flyer at Michael Thomas. I honestly don't think he'll be there. But he's off my board. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. 
Okay, so then 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 beyond the Michael Thomas, like because I think I feel like that's maybe an obvious pick. Is there anyone else? Maybe that's like a controversial opinion on your side. Like anyone that maybe you disagree kind of with maybe the the fantasy consensus on. Only person that's coming at me right now is Saquon. Okay, talk about that. What, what's what, what's your feelings about Saquon? Where I'm picking, I don't think he's going to be there. But it's as in like you don't think he'll be there to you at five. He'll be there at five, but I won't take him. I won't, I'm not touching him at five. Okay. And I don't think he'll be there when I'm picking in the second. Yeah, I would be shocked if he, he yeah. was still and But he's that somebody point. that's um, very iffy on. I don't know if he's, he's worth the draft about those capital. injuries? Yeah, yeah. And then Giants aren't a great team. <laughs> I feel like that's an understatement. And I'm very worried about him. And he's a player that I've been attached to. Ever since he came to the league. Yeah. yeah I mean, you're going to have to fight uh, one of our other league members, Paul V, for, for him. Because Paul, Paul we, we ran auctions for, for years, and Paul would always pay out the ass for Saquon. Like, he just loves Saquon more than anyone. Um, so I would be, like, I, I would put even odds on Paul selecting Saquon Barkley if he's available. Like, where's, where's he picking? That's a good question. Let me, let me quickly look at the sleeper draft ranks. Because, like, that was kind of the fun thing that we always had to look forward to in the auctions was just trying to guess like how how far could we run up the price for Paul uh, <laughs> to, to make him take Saquon. It was always very entertaining. I don't remember what Paul's name is here. All right, I'll get back to it. I'll figure it out. Yeah. But okay, yeah, and especially looking at the Giants too. Like, yeah, the the team does kind of look like a dumpster fire, honestly. Like this, their O line is not looking terribly good. Daniel Jones is going to just continue to be Daniel Jones. It's it's really uh Alliday's always injured from yeah. what I can tell. <laughs> it's not exactly. looking good there so. All right, I'm just looking at I think Paul is picking 8th. Well, maybe Saquon he'll be there probably. <laughs> Saquon will probably be available there at 8. I think I think we could definitely see Paul taking Saquon in the 8 spot. I would put even odds on that. <laughs> If anyone, anyone in the days. league wants to take me up on that bet, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely take you up on that. Uh, okay, I think we're coming to the end here, Steve. Is there Are there any kind of parting shots? Do you want to kind of shoot your shot at the league and, and lay down some trash talk here before you no, take no, off? No, no, because uh, I talked to Danny about what happened last year, and apparently you were the villain, so I'm going to be <laughs> humble. I'm going to be humble. Oh, that's no I'm gonna, fun. I'm going to wish everybody the best, and... Uh, Hopefully everybody stays healthy, which probably won't happen. So, no, of course, yeah, and that's, yeah, that's always the the annoying thing with fantasy is just like one one freak injury can just kind of ruin your season, which is always unfortunate. And you always hope that, yeah, you always hope for everyone to be in good health, uh, and and for everyone, you know, to have a good season. Uh, but I disagree with your uh, not being a villain take. Being a villain <laughs> is very fun. Uh, and even though it backfired on me, I still have every intention to uphold my villainy and my heel status in this league. Uh, I'm looking forward to kind of being the, the John Cena, the, the you know the raw. I want I want to be that villain in this league. So I'm 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 coming out for everyone. I'm already saying pre-draft. I'm taking it this year. I've got nothing to lose. You know, it's all. I'm 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 ready to go. I'm ready to go, baby. Looking forward to it too, as well, man. Can't wait. <laughs> Beauty. All right. Thanks for thanks for chatting today, Steve. It's good to get to get to know you a bit, get to hear your your history of fantasy there, uh, and I look forward to beating you this year. We'll see. Thanks for having me. And anytime. <laughs> uh, 
So, folks, remember, we'll see you guys all on Tuesday getting ready for the draft. Uh, but until then, keep crying. <laughs>